This is John Abrahams from House of Wax, The Faculty, and Scary Movie. And you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Stay right here, or die. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all the support. And before we jump into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Don't Go Out There, and you'll find uh, Brian's awesome artwork. And a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. You can listen to all of our interviews and episodes, uh, check out our online store, our blog, and all of our celebrity intros if you want to check that out. And for our film review tonight, we're starting a new themed month. And for this themed month, we chose sequel month. So obviously, we're all picking a sequel to review. And it's kind of funny because this week and next week, we're a sequel, or we're picking the sequel of the first movie, which we haven't reviewed yet. <laughs> but tonight is a... Um, Tonight's an interesting pick because uh, we're kind of going to the horror comedy realm and we're going with Brother Dustin's pick, Scary Movie 2. Kind of. Dustin, Dustin, do you want to go to uh, give us your general overview real quick? Yeah. Uh, first of all, this is probably one of the scariest movies of all time. Oh, uh, oh that's not what I, I, I misspoke. This is probably one of the best movies in the Scary Movie franchise is what I meant oh, to say. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, honestly, man, I love this movie. I remember when it came out in 2001, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Uh, I was in like eighth grade, and my parents, growing up in the Bible Belt, we weren't too keen on the uh, explicit uh, content in movies or music. So I had to sneak. I did see it when it came out. I saw it when it was new. Uh, and it's one of those movies just kind of like a nostalgic thing for me. But And it's a nostalgic movie in general because it, re-watching this movie, there's so many dated references that – if you were to show it to a eighteen uh, year old kid right now, they'd be like, "I don't, I don't get it." But if you explain it to them, it's it's hilarious. And I've got some of those written down in my notes that we'll get to. Um, I, this movie still cracks me up. I'm a big fan of uh, of comedies as well as horror movies. Uh, so uh, when when the two intermingle and coexist, it, it's delightful to me. Um, the cast is great. The uh, cameos are great i just i love this movie so when we said uh sequel month it was just one of those things i was going to subject you all to hellraiser 2 hellbound but um y'all shit on the first one pretty heavily before i joined the, the show so i was like you know what let's just have some fun let's keep it light let's let's we've oh, been on a good <laughs> hey first of all shut up um oh. we've been on a good uh good roll of picking movies that we seem to all be on the same page for uh, for the most part. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's have some fun for a sequel month to kick off the month. So Scary Movie 2 is a uh, classic in my book. Let's see if y'all agree. <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Uh, I really enjoy this movie, too. It's really, It does have some really good laughs in it. I will say that I think the, uh, the butler, uh, Hanson, I think he makes the movie. Uh, he's the most memorable part of it. Uh, I think everybody knows the strong hand reference. Uh, I, I like this movie a lot. I think it's funny. I do. I will say that after rewatching it, uh, some of the stuff was 
kind of cringeworthy, but it's still really funny for the most part. Uh, Brian, do you want to go next? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I was actually a senior in high school when this came out, so I quoted the shit out of this movie for a long time. Um, and I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the first two of these, um, the only two that the Wayans brothers did. Uh, <clears throat> after that, the crew that did Airplane and Naked Gun, I believe, took over, and and to me, it just wasn't as funny. And, and it's just that those aren't my sense of humor, whereas you know this is, and uh, this is my personal favorite of the two. Um, because like I said, it just has so much quotable lines and probably the most quotable lines to me of the franchise. And, uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said, take my small hand child just on a weekly basis. I say it, I mean, just to my kid, I'll say it. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I'll say I'm interested to see and Dustin kind of touched on this. Um, uh, I'm definitely interested to see what the younger of our crew have to say about the, the references because, you know, you are completely right. They definitely have some dated references, which um, some, not all of them, are still funny to me because we grew up with it in that right. whole zenosphere of pop culture, you know, at that time. So some still hit the same to me. But, like, I'm curious that if you didn't, li- you know, grow up with that, I guess, and and does it resonate the same? So, um, you know, again, this is my favorite of the franchise. Um, I've always loved this movie. So this is definitely nostalgic for me too. Um, I, I was disappointed with uh, with part three, um, and I know we're not talking about part three, but you know we kind of talked about off air a little bit. But Marlon Wayans like claimed Dimension stole their whole pitch for Scary Movie three, and uh, you know, and then later on had the balls to offer them Scary Movie five, and because of it, they said, "Yeah, fuck you." But you know, I, I but back to Scary Movie two. Um, I like this one and one because the Wayans brothers did it. That's just my sense of humor. Uh, yeah. So I really like this movie too. Um, is it, is it a scary movie? Pun fully intended. No, but is it a really enjoyable film? Yes. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the dated references and there are some dated references in this. Uh, some of the references are even dated now that were new back then. So that's kind of an interesting, uh, thing I kind of noticed upon a rewatch because it had been a while since I rewatched, but it didn't take anything away from me personally. Um, just just kind of touch on what you said. I've always been big into the pop culture zeitgeist or, you know, what's going on even as a younger person. So what was I nine, 10 when this movie came out, but I've always been kind of up to date on what's, you know, what's going on in pop culture. It's just been an interest of mine. Uh, ever since I can remember. And so, you know, all that stuff, I I, I mean, I get most of those movie references. Um, but even, uh, like, even some of the, I know I already said this, but even some of the stuff that was new at the time feels a little old now, feels a little flat. Uh, that would be my one big knock on this movie that, you know, if I had to nitpick, but it doesn't necessarily take the enjoyability out of it for me. I, I think the cast is great. Uh, you get a lot of returning characters, which is kind of, the reason it's being spoofed in the first place because Scream kind of did that where you thought people were dead at the end and turns out they weren't dead. So they kind of took that same approach here, or at least that's the way I took it. Um, this is a spoof. It, it It is not a satire like, you know, the Scream franchise. It, I mean, this is a full-on spoof. And it to me, Scary Movie 2 is probably the best horror spoof movie. Um, Scary Movie, the first one is great. It's, you know, stands the test of time, but just like a personal, a personal favorite. 
I have a little more familiarity with this one, and that's why it ranks a little higher for me. Any movie where uh, one of the Wayne's brothers says someone has orangutan titties ranks pretty highly for me, man. Uh, <laughs> I quote. I quoted that line, you know, since as long as I can remember, I've been I've been quoting that, and I know that's probably rude, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because, again, you know, and I know we'll probably go over all the movies that are references. There were some things on this rewatch that I did find a way to nitpick, but still made me laugh out loud. I love the Waynes brothers. The c- character of Ray cracks me up. <laughs> the character of Shawty cracks me up. <laughs> like, there's just some really good comedy in here, and I. I love when Scary Movie can accidentally get a Scream tie-in. Tori Spelling being in this movie, kind of funny. Just saying, Scream 2. Anyway, so that's kind of funny. And, you know, I I know Scary Movie 3 has Anthony Anderson, which ended up in Scream 4. So I like when the two can kind of come together and make uh, nice, nice. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about some of the stuff that I have a problem with. But overall, really enjoy it and all Four leading ladies. Call me sometime. Just getting it out of the way. Oh, brother. Mike didn't wait till the end of the episode like last week. <laughs> didn't need to. Didn't need to. I didn't need to. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, and and I'm sorry. Drawing a blank on her character, but in the scene where she pulls her thong out, that's very 2001 WWF. You're welcome. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, y'all got any more opening thoughts before you jump into scene by scene? Let's do it. Do it. Alrighty. The film starts with an exorcist spoof. Party goers circle a piano while Father Harris plays mystical's hit, Shake Your Ass. The father drops a racist word, and then Megan joins him and pisses on the floor for a very long time. She needs to drink some water, I may add. The mother treats her like a dog and rubs her nose in it, hitting her. Father McFeely doesn't pay his taxi fare and runs off. He tells the mother... He, he can't come fast like he used to. He then asks about Megan, and the mother tells of her struggles. He makes a preach joke about kids now. He says he has to bless the house and does so by shitting violently in the bathroom while flies surround him. <laughs> and I wrote, enchiladas strike again. They go into Megan's room, and she spins her head, and McFeely tries to run off scared. Father Harris, his lips get stuck to a cross after he says how cold it is, and they begin to pray, but Megan mocks them. Harris' mom leaves the bedroom now after being under the blanket. McFeely likes her tongue gestures. He starts to dry hump her now (laughs) after she yells, fuck me. She vomits pea soup on Harris, then all three take turns puking on each other. They pray again, but Megan laughs and says your mother sucks cock in hell, but then McFeely pulls out a gun and says, suck on this and shoots us into a title card. One year later, we're on a college campus and we meet Cindy and Shorty. He tells her he's learned the value of books so you can use the pages as rolling papers. Cindy feels like a geek, so Shorty gives her some tips to be cooler. He changes her posture and her lingo. Then I wrote, they do basically some old Tybo stuff, and she punches a girl and takes her jacket. That jacket is tight, dog, yeah, I mean. Now we're in a dorm, and Buddy is pissed Ray and Tommy aren't ready. Ray then asks if he should have it, have it tucked in or tucked out. <laughs> I've, never asked, I've never asked my friends that before i promise <laughs> then they discover they got tattoos ray fuck me tommy looks on in horror after the realization buddy gives tommy a wedgie and runs out the room now cindy brenda and alex are hanging brenda brags on cindy's jacket and tells her to be careful wearing it brenda says don't split the pole 
Then we see two people behind them split the pole, and then get ran over by a bus. How's my driving? One eight hundred. Kiss my ass. The sign says on the back of the bus. All right, Brian. That's the first two scenes I got, brother. If you want to go ahead and kick us off. <laughs> hey, Brian. Brian. Yeah. Before you go, yeah. can I point out the the stereotypical stoner white friend that we never see again looks a lot like WWE superstar, a former WWE superstar, Rob Van Dam. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll say I love how the first one uh, is mostly a parody of Scream, but they didn't just – I like how they didn't just go straight parody of Scream 2 with this. Like, I like that they – you know, went mostly with the whole influx of all the house centric films, like, you know, house on Haunted Hill, 13 ghosts. And obviously the majority of this being the haunting. Um, and if you'll remember my review, I couldn't tell the, couldn't tell the difference between all three of them. So I picked the wrong one, but, um, you know, Cindy, Anna Ferris, I, I, I also like how she was obviously mostly a Nev Campbell parody in the first one with some, you know, love Hewitt mixed in, but I like how she's now just Cindy and moving forward, like it's in her, her own character. So I'm glad they decided to kind of take that its own course. Um, Marlon Brando was actually originally supposed to play Father McFeely here, but, uh, you know, caught pneumonia and dropped out at the last minute. Um, and they got James Woods. And honestly, I can't even imagine anybody else in this role. I love Marlon Brando as much as the next guy, but uh, I, I just, I can't picture anyone else pulling this off and hell you know, hell Woods is the one who improvised the fuck this line, which if you know that, like, and you go back, you can kind of see him and Andy Richter kind of break a little as he's dragging him back in. Um, it looks like he's he's kind of snickering a little bit. Um, also, I think Natasha Leone from American Pie played a really good, uh, uh, is it Megan or Megan? Because wasn't, wasn't it Reagan in, uh, in, the, in The Exorcist? So I don't know. I assumed it was Me- like Megan, maybe. Um, anyway, Voorhees. But uh, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears both turn the role down which shit i mean i think that works definitely because mostly when she's like full demon natasha actually looks a lot like linda blair in the in the first part here um i think it's a great gag when you think father mcfeely is is blessing the house with the whole amityville fly deal and in fact he's like unleashing the enchilada dogs of hell turds in the bathroom i think that's fucking hilarious and uh and lastly you know the oh the tongue actually used uh in this scene was the same one from the exorcist. So uh, all in all, I, th- I think it was a, a good opening. Uh, the only thing I will say is I don't think that the survivor reference works now. And uh, it's a personal preference, but the puke has that that's just never been funny to me. Like that shit's just gross. But um, you know, I, I also think it's, I will also say that I think it's great how Brenda dies in the first movie, like in each timeline, which is one and three. And then comes back for the sequels, which is like two and four, with no explanation. So I, I don't. I think it just it doesn't matter. Like does it's like this? Does this part have anything really to do with the movie? No, besides it being in Hell House. But you know this is a parody. So so who cares? I mean, I'm not definitely not nitpicking that. Yeah. So I the the opening scene is hilarious. That that's about the, all it took for my mom to say nope, not watching this one, um, because like I said, for growing up in the Bible Belt. You uh, mock something like an exorcism and uh, have priests cussing each other. You know, that that was a no-go for her. But when I got to watch it, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, the whole mystical rendition, uh, uh, the piano rendition of the mystical song was hilarious. The fact that she pissed for approximately uh, the length of a Major League Baseball game um, was impressive. The, uh, the banter back and forth between the priests. 
and like I get it. There's some shock value in some of the jokes, some of the humor, and so it this would turn a lot of people off when he walks in the house and you know the mom's like, yeah, she the child won't even let me touch her anymore, and the priest says, yeah, sometimes you got to give him candy. Like, oh, buddy, joking about the Catholic <laughs> Church. <Yeah. laughs> That's 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 shocking. But um yeah, James Wood saying fuck this. The improvisation was hilarious. Uh the fact that he got paid a million dollars for 4 days of work is even more impressive. Uh sign me up. Um going forward, you know, the 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 whole Ray and uh friends banter that they have going on. Ray, fuck me. Ray, fuck me. The dude where's my car reference. Right hilarious to this day i i cracked up when i was when i rewatched it uh and then you know going back to uh or going forward to where they're saying you know split the polls is bad luck then the next people get hit by the bus phenomenal because I, I thought that was a great way to uh you know just introduce a kill that's completely irrelevant to the storyline doesn't mean shit but hey we get a, we get two on the kill count there so there we go um i i just Andy Richter killed it. James Woods killed it. Uh, everybody just crushed this this opening set of scenes, and uh, yeah, I once I, I I don't know. I guess thirteen year old me starts watching this. Yeah, I'm I'm all in because this is my kind of humor. It's raunchy. It's shocking, and so yeah, sign me up. And here in 2020, 32 year old me is saying, yeah, this is still my kind of humor. It's raunchy. It's shocking. So it stands the test of time. Uh, yeah, I really do like, <laughs> I like this opening scene a lot. I like it better than the original Exorcist, but I'll save that. <laughs> um, look, the scene <laughs> where they're playing all the old timey songs and they get to mystical, it's fucking great. That is so, that is funny. That is, that is where, where the joke stays because Shake Your Ass is a timeless rap song. People that are 10 years old now know that song. So that joke hits, it works. And like you said, Dustin, I think Andy Richter is great. I think when James Woods comes in, he's great. I want to point out, I can still be a sucker for good toilet humor. The scene where James Woods taking a shit is fucking funny. It's still funny. Uh, the first time I ever saw this movie, I didn't know that's where they were going with it, to be honest. And so, and I had forgotten this time around that that's where they go with it. And so that's, that got me. That made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, I like that. And like, uh, you know, Brian mentioned, Natasha uh, Leone looks a lot like Linda Blair in the original Exorcist in this scene. She does a great job. I love Natasha Leone and mostly everything she's been in that I've actually seen. Um, I think she's great in the American Pie series. She's great in Orders of New Black. So, you know, and job well done. And to quote a league of their own, that's some good peeing. Uh, but I... <laughs> You know, I'm with you, Brian. The scene where they kind of throw up back and forth with each other, they lose me a little bit because that's just not funny to me. Never has been. Uh, I know that taking a shit is funny and then calling throw up not funny is like kind of dumb, but that's just, I don't know. That's my humor. So what do you want me to do? Uh, <laughs> a little digs where you got to give him candy. That's funny. And then uh, this really does have that shock value right off the top because there's Jane Woods humping Natasha Leone right in the bed. And I thought that was really funny. Uh, I thought that's a really good way to kick off the movie. Um, then we get to our, you know, our main characters. And I think Anna Ferris being her own character in this movie and not trying to combine Sidney Prescott 
and Je- and uh, little Jennifer Love Hewitt and all that. I think that was a, the proper move to go with um, for this movie because this movie really has some loose references to Scream and stuff like that, but not very many. Uh, you know, like you said, it has a lot of the haunting and 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 Thirteen Ghosts and a lot of haunt or haunt and house theme movies and. That's where you know that's the direction this kind of goes in, and so I'm glad they gave her her own character. Uh, I love the Wayne's brothers. I think the <laughs> and, yo that jacket is tight, son. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, fucking, I mean, it's fucking run great. that shit, run that shit. I hey, I quoted that my entire life. I still do. Yeah, I mean, is something I say pretty frequently. So big, same, big fan of that. <laughs> I know that probably wasn't the intended thing to have some white guy from Lake Wells, Florida quote that, but that's what you did. Uh, <laughs> so I think this opening set of scenes is a lot of fun. It's really good. And again, the splitting the pole thing, that's a great way to get the first kill in the movie. <laughs> it, it's laugh out loud funny, man. It is really, really good stuff. Um, job well done. And I, so one thing I will say is if I had to nitpick a little bit, cause I'm trying to try not to love fest every movie we reviewed so far. I'm, I'm trying to find some negatives here. Some of the references are of their time. So for me, for you three, they hit, they work, they still work. But if you pop this movie on to a 15, 16-year-old kid now, I wonder if they would get, oh, you got a tattoo. What's mine say? Like, we get that because, dude, sweet. Like that, you know, the original dude wears my car. We get that. But I do think it loses a little bit of its timelessness with references like that. But again, that's a nitpick. It works for me. I'm just trying to find some kind of critique. And later on, there's one reference that I think is completely, that completely falls flat because if you have, if you weren't alive at that time and you don't care about that movie, then you're not going to get that reference. Uh, but outside of that job, well done on the opening scenes. I do think I do. I, I will say this as much as I enjoy this movie. I do think, the rest of the movie doesn't live up to these two sets of scenes for me. Now, doesn't mean I don't like it, but I do think outside of, you know, one particular character, it loses a little bit of something, but it's still really good, still really enjoyable. But I do think these sets of scenes are kind of my favorite. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Dwight and the professor now chat about the Hell House project. The candidates all had near-death experiences. Professor asks if any are hot. He likes Cindy. All survivors of the Stevenson County Massacre, Professor tells him to get them up there, and it's all a part of a class on sleep disorders. In class now, and he talks to the subject. It's a study on insomnia. Dwight passes out the directions. Buddy and Cindy meet. He, he gives her a Harry Pothead book and asks if they want to get together and study. She says she just got out of a bad relationship and isn't ready to date and to just be friends. He gives her a huge wedgie. Now Cindy is driving to the house singing Graduation by Vitamin C, and she's horrible. And then the song cuts, and Vitamin C tells her to shut the fuck up and let me sing. Damn, and I always, I, I always laugh at that part. Cindy gets to the house, and the door knocker is a set of balls, and it makes you know like painful grunts each time you use it to knock on the door. She goes inside as the door opens, and she meets the shit-talking parrot. The parrot says he has a huge, a huge dick, and he trashes her for not being able to handle it. She now meets Hanson, the housekeeper. They scare each other as he prepares food. He starts to sing to comfort her, and you can't help but notice his deformed hand. 
He caresses her face <laughs> as he says she resembles the wife Caroline. He grabs the luggage by his strong hand, but dumps out all her stuff. He sniffs her panties and puts her toothbrush in his mouth. They walk to her room, and he says they try to rent it out, but no one wants to stay there. They see the master's fave toy, favorite toy, a poltergeist clown, and it slaps her ass as they walk by. He brags on his butt. He does his bone busters, and then he farts in the room. Cindy loves the clothes, and then he she finds a big white stain uh, on the black dress from performing for the president. We meet the house cat now. Dwight shows the professor the, professor the setup. Professor wants the peeping Tom on the girl showering. Hanson tells Professor that guests have arrived, and then he and Dwight start roasting each other's ailments. And I, I, I think that's probably my favorite part, is them two roasting each other's ailments. And I love when Hanson says, I'm going to be the bigger man and I'll walk away. Dwight now meets the parrot. He roasts his glasses and Dwight gets heated. Shorty shows up and the parrot wants his mama's sweet ass. He pushes Dwight away in his wheelchair ready to fight. Now at dinner, Buddy punches his friend Cindy with an open chest. Theo shows up and asks for a seat. And all the guys, even Dwight, gives up his wheelchair for her. Cindy asks if this is the house with the possessed girl. Hanson shows up with dinner. He ruins dinner by putting his gross hand inside all of it. He then shoves his hand up into the turkey, licks it, and then basically fucks the turkey. Everyone's disgusted. Hanson and Dwight make more ailment jokes. Professor asks if there's anything to eat that he hasn't prepared himself. He says he's ordered. He says he ordered a, a pie for dessert, but then he mind germs the whole pie and coughs all over it, and everyone walks away disgusted. All right, go ahead, Brian. Mike touched on this a little bit earlier, uh, but I got it written down. It's a uh, it's a nice little touch with Tori Spelling being in this, and and also Stab um, within Scream Two. But you know, although according to her, she was supposed to have like a bigger role in this, but um, she was quoted as saying that once she refused to do a topless scene, they cut her to basically a cameo role, which that sounds extreme until you remember what we know about the Weinsteins now, which, you know, it, it is what it is, but you know, it's definitely worth noting. Um, that's great. That's crazy. That's the uh, same mansion that they used in the old 66 Batman series, which probably has the same ball sack door hanger on the door from them too. So I'll just, uh, I'll just leave that there. But, uh, it, you know, that, that scene does make me laugh every time. And, and Nico said it earlier, but I will, I have written down that Chris Elliott's Hanson, the star of this movie to me. Um, I laugh at almost every scene he's in Uh small hand is fucking gold. Um, I, <laughs> I better use my strong hand for this. Um, shit. But that, uh, that Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky dress gag is actually funny too, but especially considering that they wanted they wanted Bill Clinton for Father McFeely's role too, so that makes that even uh, even crazier. But but that that is that is very time centric gag that not everybody may get. Um, and that exchange between Dwight and Hanson, like you talked about, is fucking hilarious. Were you in Stomp? Just the whole exchange is just gold. And uh, you know, dinner is by far my favorite scene in this movie too. Uh, everything from the A cups joke to the you know cooking the turkey with the penises and the giantes to 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 my germs it's just comedic gold to me and uh, definitely my favorite group of scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, so it's it's a I think it's a great follow up scene to the to the first set we did there. Uh, first of all, you know some of the references you're right more dated humor here because Harry Pothead joke you know when the Harry Potter series first came out. 
that was a huge joke for the uh you know the middle school to high school age kids uh that was funny shitty whenever everyone thought of looking back it's like god that was some corny ass humor we had back then um and then same thing with the monica Lewinsky joke i mean you couldn't in the late 90s you couldn't uh go you know too too long without hearing a monica Lewinsky joke or whatever and uh, like you mentioned, Brian, it makes it even funnier considering he was considered for a role. But I wonder if that was something they added after he was ruled out. Or I wonder if they would have still left that in had he been in the movie. Because I have to imagine old Slick Willie wouldn't have been too happy with that staying in a movie that he was going to be in. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's hilarious how Buddy doesn't know how to react to having a girl be his friend. Uh, as soon as she puts him in the friend zone, he gives her a huge ass wedgie and punches her right in the titty when she walks in a room. Like that is hilarious to me. Um, obviously not advocating for violence at women, but it's just hilarious that he doesn't know how to be friends with someone who's not also a male. Just treats her like one of the dudes once he realizes he can't get any. Um, funny thing about when she's driving up to the mansion, the uh, the map that she's reading. Uh, if you look at the bottom, it says directions. If you had any brains, you would take your ass home. But since you don't, head north two miles on Hades Drive or Hades Divide. You will pass Elm Street on your left. Whatever you do, keep moving six miles to Kane Manor. If you reach Compton, lock your door, bend over, and kiss your ass goodbye. That's hilarious. And obviously, there's several references right there um, within the the directions itself. Hades being the uh, Greek god of the underworld. Elm Street, which is you know Nightmare on Elm Street reference, and then. It's unclear where, whether they were going for a, a reference to Kane Hodder, who played Jason Voorhees, or the uh, character Kane from the Poltergeist. My guess is that um, Kane from the Poltergeist series, but still a lot of lot of good subtle uh, references there. And uh, funny th- funny thing when Hanson is uh, talking to Cindy about how much she resembles the uh, master's wife when he's going to tickle her nose. If you look. You can see the cuff on his shirt's moving where he's working the fake hand from inside his shirt sleeve. And I think it's hilarious that they, it makes it even better that they, that they left that in for some reason. But um, hilarious set of scenes. I like when, uh, you know, Theo walks in the room, the, obviously the hottest bell of the ball. And she asks if anyone's going to offer a seat. Everyone slides their chair. And then, uh, of course, here comes the wheelchair. And he ends up on he ends up on yeah. Ray's lap. That is some hilarious shit. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good a lot of good uh, sophomore humor in these set of scenes. Which that's all you're going to get from this series, and I love it. Yeah. So right off the bat, I love the dinner part of this set of scenes. Like everything before it is fine. Like you know, like you mentioned, I like that that Buddy doesn't know quite how to be. Uh, Cindy's friend. Like, I think that's funny. <laughs> uh, and how that's kind of a continuation all the way up until the end with the reversal of roles. That's kind of funny. But when we get, when everybody gets there, first of all, subtle little humor with the, the door knocker being balls. That, sorry, that speaks right to my sophomore junior. That's funny. <laughs> Can't help but laugh at that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, the dinner scene is so fucking funny. It, just every everything about it, all the re- the way that each actor reacts to him mixing the. First of all, you start it with the mashed potatoes, and everyone's face kind of starts to slowly get grossed out. And you look over, and he's got this fucking nasty, small little hand stirring the potato. That God, it's so funny. 
It's so well done. And again, I know that our goal on this show is to review horror movies. But if I just for a minute forget that I'm watching a spoof, that's a funny scene in any movie. So setting doesn't matter. A tiny hand stirring mashed potatoes and fucking a turkey is funny. Okay. And so while this set of scenes is not my favorite, I definitely love everything about that dinner scene. It's so funny. Shoddy stops drinking wine, which is exactly what I would have done. Like, fuck this. I ain't eating tonight. Guess I'm getting drunk. So I appreciate that. And I think Regina Hall kind of takes the scene for me. And I know that maybe her work, as far as comedic timing goes unnoticed, but she is so funny the way she reacts to the wanting pie, the way she reacts to the turkey. She's so fucking perfect on the comedic timing. I love it. And I like the banner between Dwight and Smallhand. I'm just going to call him Smallhand. I like their little back and forth banter where who wants a wing? Uh, You or the turkey? That's funny. And then the I know you would like a leg, maybe two. That's fucking like just a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good banter back and forth that I really like. Um, But uh, I mean, outside of that, I don't really have much because, you know, we talked about it pre-show. This movie was a little difficult to take a lot of notes on more so than an actual horror movie is. is because I'm looking for if it's making me laugh. Kind of hard to jot that down. Like, oh, that was funny. Oh, that was funny. Oh, that was funny. So, yeah. So that, Same. so that kind of you know gets a little bit of re- re- redundant. But um, I liked all the all the references here. Kind of worked for me, except maybe Harry Pothead, which I get. I'm totally of that era. I read I read all the books. I get it. But if I'm thinking about it in the same way I do, the dude wears my car reference works for me. May not work for someone else because they. That hasn't been a Harry Potter joke in a long time, but it worked for me. Thought it was funny. And uh, now, what we're about to talk about next is a dated-ass scene. So, I'll save it. But I really really enjoyed the dinner. And by the way, Tim motherfucking Curry's in this movie, man. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Mike, I don't know if me and you are talking about the same scene, but... The next one coming up is the part that I absolutely think is awful and I hate it in this movie. Uh, yes, yes. Everyone hears a voice saying, come play with me. And then a basketball comes down the stairs and they all take turns dribbling the ball and dancing. And yeah, this is my least favorite scene in the movie. It ends when Shorty hits his nuts. Uh, Cindy walks the hallways now and hears a voice. I'll help you, it says over and over. <laughs> and then the voice says, check the fucking music room. Buddy then hits her in the face with a football. She says he's too rough with her. Buddy says being friends with her <laughs> sounds kind of gay. They find bloody footprints on the floor. <laughs> and Buddy says someone's on the rag. It leads to a bookcase and they open the door into a secret room. Hugh Kane and the mistress found murdered, the newspaper says. They find a portrait of the wife. <laughs> and, and he says that she looks like Cindy, but then roasts her appearance. And then she gets offended by it. Cindy finds a chest that belonged to the wife and they get scared by the cat. Buddy grabs a chest and they leave the room. Alex is sleeping and a door opens and the ghost of Hugh enters. He pulls off the blanket to find nasty feet and she's wearing old nasty panties. He now gives himself head with her open mouth. He now has sex with her on the wall in the ceiling and she says that he's the best ever and calls herself by his wife's last name. The ghost leaves the room and she tells him to call her, a.k.a. a Mike Settle reference. Brenda and Ray... 
<laughs> Brenda and Ray are now in bed making out. He tells her to talk dirty to him, but she says she starts off kind of tame, but then she starts saying really nasty shit like, I'm a fart in your mouth and I'm a piss on your face. Cindy goes to open the chest, but the cat enters and attacks her. She thinks the cat's mad because she, she shit in his litter box. He breaks a bottle and tries to kill her, but then he beats her with a chair. Now they go full-on Rocky and start giving each other those deadly boxing strikes with the sweat, blood, and spit flying. She goes downstairs and tells the professor what happened. Theo says she didn't see it, and the professor thinks the cat was just being territorial. He says the two should sleep together in a real pervy voice, and the professor says he's willing to tuck her in and walk them through it. Cindy says she's not crazy, then runs out the room like she's crazy. Ray is doing push-ups now in the room. The clown is in the chair watching him. He hears voices from under the bed, and he finds it in this, under the bed is a scary clown. It wraps its arm around his neck and pulls him under. Ray now takes control, and a, bit, and a big black dick wraps around the clown's neck and drags him under. The clown's face ain't scary no more after this. Cindy reads the letter from the wife. They had a babysitter, but no kids. Cindy goes back downstairs to the professor in the red dress. She pushes him down onto the table and straddles him. He, he has huge pointy nipples. She reenacts the mistress, the mistress, but then Ray's face appears. Cindy tells him about the story. She then asks Ray about the dress. And I, I always laugh whenever he says, I don't know. I just wanted a banana. <laughs> go, go ahead, Brian. Sorry for laughing on my nose, but it's cracking me up reading it. Well, no, I mean, and, and the same thing, I think we've all kind of said it earlier, but, you know, this – well, I don't, I don't even have a lot of notes on this section because you're just sitting there watching the movie laughing and uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to really pick apart something that or or not pick apart something, but really go in depth in something that's like, you know, meant to be funny and not taken seriously. So, um, you know, but speaking of that, I mean, I I remember that Nike commercial with that, that whole basketball scene parodied and and I don't really even understand it because it's not like that commercial was like, you know, the whole Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, you know, McDonald's like off off this wall, off this wall, like one of the famous, you know, Nike commercials. It was just mm. it's just some random one. I, I don't remember it. Being I that, think that we have famous anyway. different memories of that commercial because that's what confused me about when Nico said it. That commercial was huge, at least. Absolutely. I, yeah. At least with me and my friends and and you know our our basketball team, so I think that was a huge uh, critical part of this movie because it was such a timely and uh, uh, well done spoof. But anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. And, and see, well, and see, maybe that's just two different. Like you were still in school, whereas you know you were going to school and having that stuff. And I think this is like when I just graduated, so I wasn't. You know, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Maybe it's just a different time. I, I did not. I don't remember that commercial that oh, well. I, um, I I certainly remember it very well. I just mean it's uh, it's very of its time, and it's one of the references that's the most dated to me because outside of our age group, our little span, you don't hear much about that commercial like you would like the Titanic references, the Poltergeist references, like stuff like that. It's still kind of in the pop culture consciousness. Makes sense. This commercial in, in particular, which I loved and remember, doesn't quite hold that same weight. I think is what I'm getting at. But fair enough. No, I, I agree. It's and either way, it's too period centric for now. It's definitely it's one thing doing commercials 
Whereas like, you know, the first one you did the was a Budweiser commercial, but because that still works, even if you don't know that it's still funny, you know, on its own. But this one to me, I think goes on way too long and, and isn't rel enough, relevant enough now to land um, regardless. Um, <laughs> the Tori Spelling's ghost scene, sex scene, you know, I, I love, I love it when she says, I would have freshened up. And <laughs> I wish you would have freshened up too. <laughs> that, that shit cracks me up. And, uh, you know, this is the most horrifying scene in the whole movie because the Ray Clown scene, it's actually genuinely creepy. And then you're like, okay, oh shit, there's some horror. And then a giant dick wraps around your neck and pulls you under the bed. That is the most, that's the most frightening. That's, that's my nightmare. That's my nightmare right there. So that one hits me harder than paranormal activity did, guys. Oh, that God. one, that one gets me. Oh, jeez. All right, so, so far... We, I know Brian's biggest fear is a big black dick attacking him from underneath the bed. I told it you, doesn't have to be black. It's it's any dick well, it's, that's coming yeah, after True, me. true. <laughs> uh, I, my biggest fear, like I admitted on the knock-knock, is getting trapped by two beautiful girls who I think just want to have sex, but they're going to kill me because I'm apparently a cheating piece of shit. Yeah, so eventually we are going to get Mike and Nico's uh, biggest fears uh, unveiled on this podcast. We will crack that ice. I said mine. I said my biggest fear. Oh, uh, you have anything else? I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> What's my biggest Oh, no, fear? me, no. I, I'm done. I'm done, man. Go okay, ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, going back to the, the Nike spoof, uh, that was the first thing I had in this because looking back even now, that's the funniest shit in the movie to me because basketball practice during this time, we were all dancing and doing the ridiculous passes and the N1 mixtape moves and squeaking our shoes rhythmically. Uh, we were doing that at practice because that's how much of an uh, impact that commercial had on us. I still go back and watch that commercial sometimes just because how cool it was and how uh, it takes me back to a certain time. So I can get it, uh, how it might be a turnoff, and it's certainly out of place. But, I mean, come on, it's a fucking spoof movie. Uh, so uh, I can I can get that that nitpick. But uh, me personally, I love it. I love that, that little minute and a half scene, especially uh, the way it ends with Shorty hitting himself. Actually, the funniest part of it is Cindy and Buddy – dancing like a couple Cracker McJacksons when you got Ray and Shorty looking at him like, what the fuck are these white boys doing? So that was hilarious to me. Um, and going forward in the movie, I mean, that ghost absolutely fucked the shit out of her. Jesus Christ, he had her up the wall. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, the that, that scene was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to spend too much time on that scene. It is what it is. Uh, the dirty talk scene is one of the most quotable parts of the movie to me because to this day, I, me and my friends will just randomly be like, I'm a fart on these walls, Ray. <laughs> like That shit is hilarious. Um, the cat fight scene, there's that's a nice metaphor, right? Like two girls fighting is always referred to as a cat fight, but this is actually a girl fighting a cat. Um, and I like the way it's shot. Like you you get the, uh, the, the way the... Rest of the film is shot on certain scenes, but then every now and then it'll zoom in. You'll get the the different lighting and the sweat flying off, like you're watching uh, Apollo Creed and, and Rocky fight. So I, I think that was that was well done. Uh, yeah, the uh, the clown scene. Yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable to watch, but it's hilarious, especially considering you know right before this, Ray was uh you know getting it on with with a girl and so it just it continues to build on the uh uncertainty of race sexuality which is a uh it's a fun it's a funny thing it's uncertain 
It's uncertain. Uh, one of the one of the funniest uh, one of the funniest things in this movie to me that's just a subtle thing is when Ray's in the kitchen. He's like, "I bought mine online. I just wanted a banana." Like that shit that cracks me up every time. I usually have to rewind it, rewind it, and rewatch just the just the way he casually delivers that. I just wanted a banana. Like that is hilarious to me too. So. This is where, uh, you know, I, I think that the movies kind of starts to it can start to lose you here because the f- up until now, the scenes have been just so hilarious nonstop that now it's uh, you're going to start to get into some scenes where it might feel like it drags for a movie that's under 90 minutes. But uh, still some good stuff here. But uh, you're you know, you're either all in at this point or you're getting tired of it. I'm still all in. I, I still enjoy it, but I can see where it could lose people. Right, so up to this point, we are laughing a lot, and I, again, the comedy is hitting with me. A lot of the Wayne's Brothers stuff I love. I think it's good, um, but I said it in the opening scenes, and I still feel that way about the other things we've talked about, where things start to fall a little flat with each kind of set of scenes that, that you know that we decided to kind of go from point A to point B. Though, like each little set of scenes kind of loses me a little bit more, uh, but that you know that's kind of a nitpick. This is the set of scenes for sure where we get a little bit out of the funny haha outside of there's a big black dick and around a man's neck. I, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just fucking funny. There's no way around. It. I'm not going to harp on it like you guys did, but that's a really funny scene with the clown, that clown, which is normally used for not laughs and horror, like ever, ever, ever. And it's our, he's, it's really funny, really well done. Uh, <laughs> And the basketball stuff I kind of already touched on. Uh, I think it's a very of its time reference. I don't think ages that well, but if you get it, you get it and it works for you. So it works for me, but I don't think it holds up over time as far as being funny on its own. Um, But that's just me. But, you know, kind of like Brian referenced in the first one, the what's up is very timeless. A lot of people still quote that, which make that, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm not gonna lie, that stink still fucking annoys me to be honest. If somebody does it, but uh, that is kind of a reference that's funny on its own. This one, not so much, but it worked for me because, like Dustin said, we were doing that shit or trying to anyway. And look, I'm a, I was an overweight white kid with no rhythm. I wasn't doing shit, but it was cool to see other people attempt to try to do it. So I get the reference, and when Shorty gets hit in the balls, that's fucking funny because. Ball's humor, even though as long as it's not happening to me, it's funny. Um, but yeah, uh, you, they do kind of start to lose me a little bit here. But what is funny and what works, it you know still works, still holds up over time. Uh, but, but I do think the movie kind of starts to feel. I it's not a long movie, but I start to feel its length a little bit once we get past some of the really really funny stuff. Uh, I know we touched on the toy spelling sex. Although Tori Spelling, real quick, is actually fucking great in that scene. She's funny. The timing is good. And to pretend to have sex with an invisible man is probably more difficult than I can think of. And I think she really knocks it out of the park. I wish she had a bigger part in this movie. Wait, to think of you've thought about having sex with an invisible man? Anyway, go ahead, Nico. So what if I have? What's wrong with that? I feel a little judgment. Oh. I feel a little homophobia. All right, so uh, everyone, excuse me. I don't know the uh, weed lingo too well, but I wrote down what I, best I could. So 
Y'all bear with me if I say anything wrong. Our shorty is watering his weed plant and lays in bed and watches a Christmas rap CD infomercial. We see the weed plant growing very rapidly. And I wrote, there's really funny Christmas song titles on this infomercial. The weed plant now grabs a hold of shorty and rolls him up in the sheet like a blunt. Is that correct? It's a yes. blunt. Okay. A joint. <laughs> and light and and then lightning strikes and lights him up and he starts smoking him. And they, uh, you know, the others run in to save him. <laughs> and I think it's funny when shorty's like, don't put me out yet. I'm getting high as a motherfucker. But uh, Buddy runs to get snacks to get Shorty free. The window breaks and it sucks the weed plant outside. Cindy tells him there's more to the story than the professor says. Now everyone roasts Cindy's looks compared to the wife just like Buddy did. <laughs> and like Mike mentioned earlier, orangutan titties. Alex gets jealous when Cindy says Hugh wants her. Buddy follows the professor down to where Dwight and the professor are. Dwight says they need to cancel the trip because the poltergeist is getting too strong. Professor says no way, and the professor gives him the keys to the gate. Buddy tells them what he heard, and Shorty freaks out over a poltergeist, but doesn't even know what it is. They want to leave, but the gate's locked. Theo says just give me five minutes and she'll get the keys. She uses her sex appeal on Dwight now. She turns on some music and starts to shake her ass for him, then puts his hands on her breast and asks for the keys. She offers to give him head, but he gets offended. He says he can do that himself. She she grabs like a, a house phone and knocks him out and takes the keys. Alex finds a secret room and looks around. Professor walks around and hears a voice, then sees a woman, a female ghost and follows her. Once he catches up, she attacks him. Then all the doors lock in the house. Dwight has them all go to the lab. <laughs> How do you destroy something you can't see? Shorty says, shave your pubic hairs and wear the shampoo. Dwight hands out guns and thermo goggles. They see all the leftover jizz on Dwight's face. Dwight now hands out cups on a string for com- for communication, then says they need to split up. And Brenda says no, because it's always white people saying it. <laughs> and then Dwight, Dwight picks the three other white people and they all leave together. Shorty says, ain't that a bitch? And the three walk all crying. All right, go ahead, Brian. That's the next two scenes I got. <clears throat> Yes, so I'm going to be honest. I think Shorty was funnier to me in the first one. Uh, to me, it's like the whole weed-smoking shtick of his just kind of falls a little flat for me. And so I'm not a big fan of this part. Um, the fake songs, now that was funny because, you know, shit, I used Jingle Balls for the Manscaped promo. So I, I that 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 gag definitely worked for me. But the whole... The whole weed plant, smoking him. I don't know. To me, it just it, it just seemed it fell flat for me, and I didn't really care for it. Um, and I'm not sure who played the actual poltergeist girl in the white. Was is that the credited like Jennifer Curran girl? I think because to me, like I saw her and I was like, whoa, whoa, shit, that's Brooke Shields, and I didn't find her anywhere in the credits. So maybe it is that Jennifer Curran girl, but or maybe. Brooke Shields wasn't credited. I don't know. Do you guys, any of you guys know that? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, the, the last, the, the body fluids gag only being seen by the 13 goats goggles to me made cracked my ass up too. Um, especially Dwight being like, what, what are my glasses are crooked? Um, but you know, and again, I, I do like this movie a lot, but th- this is where it starts to really drag for me. Um, it, and I know the movie is only an hour 22, but to me, like, you know, here is where I'm like, okay, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. This and the next set of scenes, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that 
the very beginning of this movie is is really is really good and funny and to me it almost like wore me down a little bit and i was like okay i'm ready for it to be over with and it comes around at the end a little bit but i wish that the alternate ending that they made kind of would have been done so maybe it would have brought it all full circle but um anyway that that's all i have for that yeah no i'm with you i don't have a lot of notes on here either i mean just a few things i pointed out that i thought that were funny uh obviously the uh uh, not wanting to Scooby Doo split up, and it happened in any ways. Yeah. Hilarious, especially when, yeah, there's my Scooby Doo reference. Um, but you know, I, I thought it's hilarious how it happened anyways. Like, we don't have time for this. Let's go, you and you come with me. And then it's just what she thought it was going to be the the whites versus the blacks. Uh, as far as pairings, I thought that was funny. Um, the uh, the goggle stick. Uh, I agree with you, Brian. That that's it's kind of funny, but I don't need that. Uh, but it is funny. No, I don't need you. I could do it myself. Uh, and his uh, his pride getting the best of him there. Like what an idiot! She, you know, you pulled your you threw your wheelchair at her at the dinner scene, and now you're like, oh, you're gonna think I can't do it myself. So like it's just a pride thing. A callback to the first movie I thought was funny. Um, the the scene where they hand out the guns though, and he's trying to be all serious. Now we've got limited resources. You know, we only have the ammo that's in these guns, and they start shooting at each other. I thought that was funny, but didn't really do anything. Th- this scenes is where it's like, okay, let's. You've made me laugh this long. Don't ruin it by turning to complete shit. Like, let's wrap this up. Let's, t- let's tie a bow on it. Let's go home. So that's how I felt watching this set of scenes. Really. Yeah the the weed scene with Shawty. You know, you know, Brian kind of touched on it a little too over the top for me. Uh, not that I didn't get the references or anything, but I just thought it was a little too silly. Uh, didn't quite hit with me, but you know, that's just, you know, I just thought it was a little too over the top, even for this movie. I know that's kind of saying something, but, uh, yeah, where he, you know, <laughs> he can suck his own dick. Basically that's, per- that's good comedy there. Um, you know, everything you guys mentioned, but to me, this was a set of scenes that I'm the first time on this rewatch where I looked at my phone to see how, like, like what time it was. And then I, I paused my thing to see how much longer the movie had. Uh, and that is something that I I don't remember doing, you know, in previous watches with this movie. I remember kind of being able to go straight through, but there's just not a whole lot here for me, you know, handing out the guns and all that. That's funny. The Scooby Doo split up. You know, there's some here and there, but as far now, there's some, and we're gonna get to it here in a minute. There's some bad effects. <laughs> there's some really bad effects coming up, and I'm gonna assume that's on purpose. At least I hope so. Where the effects are cheesy and bad on purpose, because man, there's one scene where it it's it's really bad, and, and I'm just nitpicking because that's what we do on the show. But uh, I think that this is bones looking yeah, crazy yeah, now. Yeah, that, I, I, I'm glad everybody else noticed those effects are dog shit too. But I'm hoping that might have been on purpose to kind of amp up the cheese factor, the spoof factor, if you will. Um, yeah, not a whole lot that you guys didn't already say about these scenes. Just just kind of I'm. Unlike the rest of you, where these two sets kind of drag some, and then the end does kind of redeem itself because there's some good stuff. But it also has a movie reference that I just can't stand, but I'll save it for when we get there. Uh, Ray and Brenda, they hear a noise, but and then they notice that Shorty is gone. Ray tells her to wait, and he runs off. Buddy and Cindy go into the furnace room, and she tells him Hugh Kane was killed in this room. Ashes are all <laughs> Florida ballots, and a skeleton emerges chasing them. Buddy hugs her, putting a kill her sticker on her back. Cindy runs into a room 
and finds Shorty telling him a monster is chasing her. <laughs> and then Shorty kicks her out. Brenda hears the scream and says, I hope she doesn't see me. But of course she sees her. Cindy falls and Brenda starts to celebrate. Mutilate her white ass and leave me be, Brenda yells. Brenda yells at Cindy, then turns around and sees it's just a skeleton and pulls its head off. They toss it back and forth between each other. She trips the skeleton now, and then they rearrange the bones, and it hops off. Buddy finds a two, but Hugh Kane's ghost grabs Buddy with a wedgie, and then Brenda runs off. Cindy shoots the ghost with the gun. Cindy takes Buddy to the lab to get a first aid kit. The ghost of Hugh Kane enters his study and finds Alex has put her face over the mistress, and she's wrote, I love you on the mirror and left a cake. I wrote, as Paulie D would say, she's a stage five clinger. Alex wants, to, Alex wants to talk, but Hugh says it was just a booty call as he beats her with a chandelier and drags her on the table and that she gave him crabs. Shorty runs into the ghost of the new wife now, or of the wife now, and takes her to the closet and fucks her with a paper bag on her head because of her giant tug and face. Cindy treats Buddy's wounds and he is thankful for her friendship. He says since it's their last, it could be their last night, they should take their friendship a step further. Cindy thought so too. He pops some, I wrote Viagra's, and unzips his pants, but Cindy pretends she's walking on the moon. The ghost enters the room and knocks Buddy into the freezer and Cindy into the freezer and locks them up. Cindy tried to call for help with the cups. Dwight and Theo explore the house. He says he'll check upstairs, and he tries to climb up the stairs painfully, and Theo offers to help him, but it pisses him off. He falls down the stairs again, and Theo walks off tired of him. Buddy says he can't feel his body. He's so cold. Cindy starts to rub his legs and he pulls out his dick and asks for help in the name of love. She gives him a hand job now. He says he can't hold on much longer. He yells, I'm coming, and blasts her into the freezer with a huge load. All right, and the next two scenes I got are the ending, guys. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, that's what happened. Uh, you're right. That you're is right. what happened. If you're going to pick a place to stop, <laughs> we might as well make it right there. <laughs> um, by the way, that just scene with the whole that Spider-Man come all over, that is the part that your parents or someone always walked in at. Like that part is that it, it could be any part of the movie, but that's the part that was, they somebody always walked in the room at while you were watching. Just just FYI, they never failed. Um, but the whole shorty kicking Cindy out of the freezer and Brenda and that whole thing. To me, I think Regina Hall did a really good job here because to me, she's funny as hell in that scene. That part where she says, this is a skeleton. This is bones. Look, he crazy. I don't know. It's just the way she said it to me. It cracked my ass up. Like, I I love I love her in that scene. Um, I thought that's a, I thought she did great. Um, the you are the weakest link. Goodbye gag to me way outdated and I don't think works anymore. Um, but I think that's quickly made up for when Dwight's trying to crawl up the stairs with his wheelchair and just keeps falling down. I don't know why that cracks my ass up too. Um, but, and, and this is one of those, uh, set of scenes where I just, I just don't have any notes. Um, you know, that that's, that's just, uh, that's just all I had. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you. I don't have a lot either other than some things that don't work and some things I think that's hilarious. Uh, the ballots in the ashes is a very dated thing because, you know, this movie came out shortly after the uh, George Bush, uh, you know, administration took over, took office, and there was huge controversy. Uh, if you don't remember, with the ballots in Florida, uh, with the hanging Chad and supposed missing votes, 
And so, I, you know, that's a reference that if you weren't alive or old enough to give a shit about the election at that time, you might not get that reference. Um, Shorty kicking her out is hilarious to me. Like, you know, she she, she gets set up for failure by, uh, by Buddy when he puts the kill her sign on her back uh, when she thinks that he's being sweet and telling her he loves her. And so she gets betrayed not once but twice when Shorty's like, nah, get the fuck out. <laughs> and so I thought that was hilarious. And then he goes right back, like you said, the weakest link reference. It was probably my least favorite reference in this entire movie because that show had a very short uh, lifespan uh, in the grand scheme of things. And I venture to say that <clears throat> probably over half of our audience has never seen an episode of the weakest link. Like I remember I watched it occasionally, especially when they had the, the WWF wrestlers on it, but I didn't give a shit about the weakest link. It was, it was a mildly popular show that, it's just a dumb reference that is very dated. Um, and the last, last thing I put on here is, yeah, my man Buddy, he was uh, he appeared to be participating in No Nut November, and this just happened to be December 1st because, my God, he blasted her up against the wall. Anyway, that's all I got. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah, everything you guys said is really all that I have wrote down. I have the You Are the Weakest Link thing. Big, big fart noise for me. I know that reference. I watched that show. I got it. Best episode is when the WWE guys come on there and they have Kane and Stone Cold. That's the best episode. But outside of that, that reference just does not work in 2020. If you Again, if you popped it in, showed it to somebody that's the target demo for a movie like that, they wouldn't get that reference. And so that's why it falls flat. It even falls flat for me, and I get it. So I just think it didn't quite work there. Brian touched on this, and I want to give her her flowers right now. Regina Hall, I said it earlier, she is fucking hilarious in this little set of scenes. She, The way she reacts, her facial expressions, everything she does, where she's basically trying to throw Cindy under the bus and get her out of there so she can live. I think she's fucking hilarious there. Uh, really, really good stuff. And again, I'm <laughs> throughout this whole movie, I, I was like, can I find one thing that's scary? And I, I happen to remember before popping this in again, the chase scene with the skeleton being somewhat there in 01 when I first, or 02, whenever I first saw this movie. I saw this movie way before I got into horror movies. So, it, because it was of comedy, so I'm not scared. But I, <laughs> this, these effects are so fucking bad. The running, the skeleton, and it's probably on purpose, like I already said. But the effects are so bad there that it's just, no, never mind. That's not scary either. But um, I, yeah, not a whole lot. Obviously, the big part of this set of scenes is Chris Masterson uh, busting his giant nut everywhere. Just there's no other way to put that. But uh, even Titanic in 2001 is a dated reference. But I thought it worked. I thought it was funny. One, because I'm a Titanic fan. Sorry. Unashamed. Unabashed. But I, it worked for me. I thought it was fun, a clever way to use it. Uh, and I think our being blasted like that is still fucking funny to me. Um, that's all I got. I think it, uh, I'm ready to get to the end by the time this set of scenes comes. I'm ready to get down to, well, let's figure out what's going on here. But uh, I think there's some, at least in this set, there's more comedy that does work. It doesn't work, but there's just some data reference. And Dustin mentioned the election results in the asses. Funny to me because I think it worked. It hit with me, but I could understand how that just makes zero sense to somebody that's popping this in for the first time. 
All right, here's the ending, y'all. Dwight calls out Kane to show himself. They get into a wheelchair racing duel. Kane crashes Dwight into a bunch of statues. Dwight jumps over Kane using the table as a ramp. He now does his Clint Eastwood impression, but runs out of bullets. They rev up their wheelchair tires and basically joust. Dwight goes through the ghost and out the window, and he grabs a light fixture. Hanson offers to help him with his strong little hand, but Dwight falls to the ground, refusing to touch it. The ghost now attacks Hanson as he screams. Buddy enjoys a post-handjob cigarette as Cindy says it's time to get out of here. She builds a snowdozer-like thing and breaks the room da- the door down. Ray and Cindy chat through the cups. Ray checks on Buddy, and Cindy finds Shorty getting Hannibal Lecter cooked by Hanson. His brain <laughs> is Beetlejuice. That's where your brain is on drugs. Uh, Theo and Brenda find Shorty's head cut open. Cindy, Brenda, and Theo are now Charlie's angels and attack the possessed Hanson. Hanson grabs a baseball bat as Cindy does the slowest Liu Kang bicycle kick ever. He now throws Theo into the wall, but her airbag tits save her. Brenda kicks him over and over, but her shoe catches on fire. Cindy starts a twister with her body. Buddy and Ray find a crawling Dwight. He says he can't feel his legs. <laughs> he sends Buddy to get the others. Cindy now does martial arts stances toward Hanson, and he looks on befuddled. He now starts to convulse, and blue lights beam out of his head. Buddy opens the gate wide enough for them to escape. Dwight says someone has to lure the ghost onto the platform. Cindy volunteers, and she calls for him. He blasts through the window, but he slips on broken glass down the stairs. They tell him to start the platform, but can't until Cindy's off of it. Ray tackles her off of it with Dwight attached to him. The ghost disappears. They all celebrate surviving. Two months later, Cindy tells the parrot she's okay because she took it home with him back to college. The parrot wanted to die, and Cindy's dad calls her. And then the parrot shits violently all over the wall. Buddy shows up, and she open chest punches him, calling him a pencil dick. Buddy and Cindy go to a hot dog stand, but it's Hanson. Buddy runs off, and Hanson yells, I came back for you. She screams no, and you know Hanson screams yes. But then Shorty runs him over, getting roadhead from the wife ghost. In the end credits roll with Nelly's Ride With Me, which I love that song. And I don't know why I can't read names in my own notes. Last week, Krieg was uh, Craig from Friday, and now Craig. Cindy is Sandy, so I apologize, uh, listeners. How you get fine on your day off, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, to me, I think that the wheelchair uh, duel, it went on a little long. I mean, it was funny how it you know mirrored a car duel, and you know I got it for sure. Just uh, to me, I think it it went on a tad bit long for me, but... With that said, my God, this movie got me right back into it by getting my man Hanson back, who, like I said earlier, was the funniest part to me. I mean, for for that whole back and forth where he says, can we use can we use the other hand? Like, just take my little hand, child. It's just shit. I don't know. That that whole thing's great to me. Um, anything he's been anything he's in the, the whole movie is 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 classic. Um, the shorty, like the Hannibal Lecter scene that made me want to like pick that movie, honestly. And, uh, cause I, I love, I love that scene. And, uh, and I think that's a great scene, but, and you mentioned we got Beetlejuice from Howard Stern, but to me, I was thinking the whole time, like, is this guy still alive? And I think he is, but I mean, do you guys know sidebar is, uh, is Beetlejuice from Howard Stern still alive? Yeah. Beetle pimp on Twitter. Give him a follow. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll, I'll have to do that. The uh, 
the and to me though the Charlie's Angels thing doesn't work for me, um, and that's mostly probably just for me. But it's just I don't like the I don't really care for that movie. It's not even a scary movie, so I don't know. It is what it is. Um, all in all, I think the ending was just okay. Uh, I think that whole Angels thing went on a little too long, and and it was more like goofy things instead of funny to me. I did laugh at the Mad Cow bit though. Um, it was dumb as shit until she said, moo, you motherfucker. I don't know, dude. The way she said that, it was just like a dad joke and cracked my ass up. I don't know. Um, but uh, there was an alternate ending where like Father McFeely actually comes back. And I think I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, you know, he was one of the funniest parts of the whole movie. And to me, like this ending kind of fell flat a little bit. So um, I, I don't know what they would have done with it, but uh, I would have liked to have seen that, I think. Uh, by the way, the last thing I've got, I don't know how, like with the ghost being, you know, dying at the end, I don't know how you don't have a Ghostbusters gag in there somewhere. I mean, if, if Casper, the friendly ghost movie can do it, then, then you can. So it's, uh, that was, that was a low hanging fruit there. They didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. So, uh, I don't have a whole lot on these scenes either. I mean, just, just like it's been for the past few sets of scenes, but, uh, I do think it's hilarious Cindy having the uh, knowledge and capability and mental capacity to build a tractor while she's in a out of what she's got at her disposal in a freezer. It's hilarious when she was picking up a cup on a string and talking into both ends of it. Uh, so the fact that she, you know, she's dumb as shit, but smart as shit. It's hilarious to me. Uh, the Beetlejuice reference or uh, a cameo is great because, like I said, follow him on Twitter. Beetle pimp, uh, <laughs> you know. That that guy's made a career out of uh, mastering his craft, and that's just being himself. And I love it. I love that he got involved there. Um, I don't know why. I thought I don't know why I thought he was dead. No, I can see why you would think that, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know the the rest of the movie though. Um, it, it is what it is. I wish that I wish that you know Hanson hadn't uh, hadn't died. Uh, because I, I think there was real potential to revive him in the franchise uh, going forward uh, because of how great he was, how hilarious he was. Um, I love the shit talking. I, lo- I love how when Buddy shows up, uh, Cindy punches him in the chest and calls him a pencil dick. That pops me every time I laugh. The bird being still foul mouth and just absolutely shitting all over the walls uh is hilarious because of all the toilet humor humor we've already had um by this time in the movie i am ready to okay it's it's a good time to end it if it wasn't already you're right the uh the charlie's angels bit drug on too long there's some of these some of this stuff that felt like uh maybe they had a quota they had to make this movie a certain length and they just stretched some of the scenes out but uh the charlie's angels is uh it was well done for what it was it just went on a little bit long uh, overall though, it was a satisfying ending because you, you laugh and apparently, uh, the, the ending line there when he runs over Hanson, he goes, do you, do you hear that? So the first movie had, they cut that out. That was supposed to be the last line of the first movie and they cut it out and the filmmakers allegedly forgot that they cut it out of the first one and they left it in this one. So it's supposed to be a callback to the first movie, but it still worked because, you know, my man's getting some road head in the, in the car there probably didn't realize he hit somebody. So you hear that's probably an accurate uh, a depiction of his thoughts at that moment, but satisfying ending. Uh, I, I still was sat. I was, you know, I still watch this movie and 
we'll watch it up until the la- till the credits hit. So, yeah, I uh, <laughs> uh, I actually really like the wheelchair uh, race. I think it <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't know why. Just always have. I don't know what that says about me. I guess, but uh, I don't know. Thought it was really well done. It did go on a little long, but uh, small nitpick. I think it was uh, uh, really well done. I like. <laughs> I love the very, very end, but how we get rid of the ghost uh, just feels like it kind of drags a little long for me. Um, you know, you guys kind of touched on it with Charlie's Angels, where I just feel like I, I think there's some Charlie's Angels, there's some Crouchy Tiger, Head, and Dragon, which both both are very dated, both are very unnecessary. Hell, there's even a Twister reference uh in there <laughs> you know just i don't know like i, I love twister I, I i'm not here to disparage the good goddamn name of twister but uh just didn't quite hit there with me but i felt like you know satisfying way to make sure you know our main characters live because you you, you know damn well a third one's probably coming so made sense uh way to wrap it up in a bow i agree with you brian that alternate ending would have been a little bit better for me i it would have really tied everything up in a neat little package but uh, that's neither here nor there. The very end, all of that, I think it's back to what I like about this movie, and it's just some good comedy. Like there's, uh, you know, she punches him, calls him pencil dick, <laughs> makes me laugh every time. Um, we, uh, where small hand, you know, reappears. I think it's fucking funny. No, it's Hans Hansen, but small hand to me. That is really like the no, yes, like that is really good shit, and how it ends up being shot and getting head. That runs him over. Really, really good. Uh, I like that last little clip of scenes. I think it really works. But um, I just think some of the middle or the middle to right up until the end kind of drag. But I think that last set a little bit right there kind of picks it back up some. So uh, I enjoyed the movie still. I know I nitpicked it, but, you know, we kind of had to. But all in all, I popped this movie on. I'm not going to shut it off. I think it's it's enjoyable and it's the best of this franchise to me. Uh, just out of the however many there are now, I I think there's five. Five's awful. Five, yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Okay, so five stinks. But uh, one and two are enjoyable. Three is okay. Four I, I could go without. But I think that uh, that that this is the most enjoyable one, and I think it has the most memorable things happening in it. So so really enjoyable film. Y'all got any more final thoughts on the ending before we jump into this, the Facebook question? Let's do it. All right. Uh, super fan Michelle Mirza asked this. How do you guys feel about movies that mix two genres like this? What are some other movies that mix genres that you like? Does anybody want to answer that first? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan uh, because, uh, you know, it, it's a nice change of pace. I don't watch the same kind of movies all the time. I don't watch uh, just horror movies. I don't watch just comedies. I don't like just. Uh, straight sappy movies i don't like just uh dramas so anytime there's co- uh, a uh a crossover in genres it usually gets me S- spoiler alert and i may have just told him myself yeah that means i like romantic comedies because i like a little love to go with my laughs i like yeah. a little danger to go with my laughs i i, I dig it yeah i i agree with you dustin i was gonna say the exact same thing uh and just like i said last week for trick or treat i mean if it works it works uh Right. I like, uh, I mean, I don't mind having a good laugh during a horror movie or, you know, getting a, you know, a little tear in my eye or whatever during a romantic comedy. Like, 
like some of the old Adam Sandler movies, the like Fifty First Dates. I like romantic comedies. Uh, Click, Click is another one that uh, I was sad not, as hell. I was not expecting to cry yeah. at the end of Click. Almost hell, Click's <laughs> not even fucking funny at that point. It's just that's not, yeah, it's not even hilarious. Oh, I cut dude. that shit off so fast. Yeah, junk. My, <laughs> I, I'm I'm crying, Dad. I don't know why my feelings. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like if it works, it works. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm a fan. Uh, Brian, you took, Mike, you took the words right out of my mouth, uh, Nico. As far as how I feel, it, if it works, it works, and I'm a fan. This movie to me works. There are some horror comedies that I think don't work, uh, and I feel like I, look. I, I like I have a reputation for not liking rom coms. That's not true. I just like. Certain ones, I like elite ones. I'm not about to sit around and watch Lifetime all day or Hallmark all day. But no. um, if it works, it works. You know, Sweet Home Alabama. You know, ten things I hate about you. Things like that. Failure so, to launch. Yeah, failure. Uh, hell, I, who doesn't want to see Terry Bradshaw butt ass naked? But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Jesus. I, I, you know, when you mix two genres and it works, I'm fine with it. You know, like Nico said, a well placed, timely laugh in a horror movie is when, when it's done well it works when it's mistimed like and i've said it on this show many times but what a perfect placement to do it again oh i got peanut butter on my penis that's not fucking funny that shit sucks take that out of the goddamn movie fuck ray sorry but yeah i like it when i like it when i don't i don't like i don't fucking halloween 2018 god damn it <laughs> Bond me sandwich. I made a pip. It doesn't really matter what goes in the bond me sandwich because it's about bread. But the book fuckers. Sorry, <laughs> Brian. You got anything? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't have a whole lot more to add to it. I mean, I, I feel the same way about the uh, the horror comedies. But I mean, it's not just the horror comedies. It's the uh, the the thriller more thr- like Seven. You know, where it's like more thriller than it is beautiful. Horror. Ah. But you know, we've got. We've got a, a lot, a, a wide variety or wide range, let's say, um, that you can put the horror genre in because there's so many subgenres. And, and it's just, I am a fan of all of it, especially the ones that are a little bit different. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've definitely tried to uh, not, not steer away from, but, you know, I, whenever I'm watching, I, I like to sit down and just watch a straight horror movie sometimes. And, and sometimes I think uh, it goes too far, you know, like, you know, in some of the movies we've talked about, um, not, not gonna, you know, dig up old wounds there, but, uh, you know, I, I completely agree. I'm a, I'm a fan of them. I'm a fan. Mix all the genres together. I'm fine with it. Let's go. All right. Let's jump into some fun facts. Um, I'll just read, I got a few of them. Y'all said a few of them already. These are all from IMDb. Uh, the Wayans brothers have said that this sequel was not as strong of a movie because Dimension Films wanted it released within a year after Scary Movie two scary movies 2000 release they felt it was too rushed at around five minutes the tongue used in the spoof of the exorcist was a tongue used in the actual movie the exorcist from 1973 at around 27 minutes the basketball dance scene was a parody of we've already talked about this uh the mansion exteriors used for the house were filmed at the same house like y'all said in batman but it says it was also for delirious as well and that's the only uh fun facts that i have Okay, I've got uh, I've got two. Uh, first of all, uh, this one is one that may be subtle and, and it's dated, but and but it doesn't. You don't have to know this to think it's funny when they're do or to get the the what they're doing. Uh, 
when they're doing the uh, wheelchair scene at the end there, and after the crash and burn, you see the close up on the tire and it says Firestone. You don't think nothing of it if you don't know, but at the time that was a very hot subject. So the mid mid to late nineties, uh, the Ford uh, Ford a lot of Ford vehicles came equipped standardly with Firestone tires, uh, specifically the Ford Explorer. And dating back to 1996, there was a lot of questions being raised about how safe are these tires because they were having blowouts like crazy. So as it stands, let me find my number here. So as it stands, there are 271 fatalities over and over 800 injuries in the United States alone that are directly linked to Bridgestone and Firestone tires and the Ford Motor Company. So I think that that's a very that was a very well done uh, jab at that very relevant piece of pop culture out right there that they snuck in there that you don't it's that's one of those things that is dated but it's not it works it stands test time because you don't have to know that um, the only other thing I've got is I've got a list of the uh, movies that were parodied in this and buckle up because it's quite a few I'm just going to run through them really quickly. Uh, in no particular or- order, this is the movies that were spoofed by Scary Movie 2. <gasps> Scream from 1996, House on Haunted Hill 1959, Dirty Harry 1971, The Exorcist 73, The Legend of Hell House 73, The Rocky Horror Picture Show 75, Rocky 76, Up in Smoke 78, The Amityville Horror 79, The Changeling 80, Poltergeist 82, Little Shop of Horrors 86, Night of the Demons 88, It 90, Dumb and Dumber, 94. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, 96. Twister, 96. Titanic, 97. Amistad, I don't know if I'm saying that one right, 97. Uh, The Haunting, 99. Charlie's Angels, 2000. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, 2000. Dude, Where's My Car? Final Destination, Hollow Man, Mission Impossible 2. What Lies Beneath, all from 2000. And then Hannibal and Save the Last Last Dance from 2001. (gasps) Okay. Phew. Well, that's quite a bit. Uh, Brian, do you have anything? I do not. All right. Scary Movie 2 grossed $141.2 million worldwide from a $45 million budget. So, made off pretty goddamn well, if you ask me. So, whether the Wayans Brothers thought it was a good enough movie or not, feel like uh, they got their money's worth there. And I know that we talked about the Wayans Brothers getting screwed as far as the next movie goes, but... All right, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill, if y'all picked one, and the rating brought to you by Manscaped. If you just go to manscaped.com, use our code don't go, you get 20% off and free shipping on anything you purchase. So that's a really good deal, and it's almost the holidays. Um, anybody want to go first in their rating tonight? In I can particular? go first. And go ahead. My pick. All right, go ahead, Dustin. Okay. So, are we doing favorite kill, least favorite kill? I did, just in case. The favorite kill was the bus from the beginning because how funny it was and well-timed it was. My least favorite kill is Hanson because I didn't want him to die. I don't, you know, you guys didn't have to do it. But <laughs> uh, as far as rating goes, this is a movie, like I said, I still laugh at this movie. I still watch it occasionally. I watched it about four or five months ago. I was over at a friend's house, and... Uh, I just walked in and he was actually already watching it. So I was like, yep, let's do this. Let's finish this movie. Uh, It's one of those that I can watch at any time because it keeps my attention enough 
to where if I want to actually watch it, I can laugh. Or if I just wanted to have it on as background noise, it makes terrific background noise because you don't have to pay attention, but then you hear things that make you laugh. And I think that's signs of a, uh, not necessarily a good movie. I don't want to say that. This is not a uh, Oscar-winning film by no stretch of imagination. But uh, I like it. I enjoy it. And that's the bar that I set for this film. I don't grade this the same as I would grade The Shining. Um, although Dick did get whacked in that freezer. I'm going to go with a 7.5. Okay. Dick. <laughs> what I do? That was perfect. Brian, you want to go next? You want me to go next? Uh, sure. I got it. It's just quick. Okay. Um, my favorite, my favorite, uh, uh, kill is, uh, Dwight, um, mostly just because of the exchange with, uh, with Hanson. My least favorite kill was Hanson as well for the same reason that I just didn't want to see him go. Um, but like I said, that's one of my favorite exchanges in the whole movie. Um, I, I, I have more fond and nostalgic memories of this movie, uh, before I watched it. Uh, when I watched it, 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 to me, it didn't stand up as much as I thought it was going to. Like I went into this uh, review, having not having watched this movie in shit, uh, 15 years, maybe. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, uh, remembered every single thing about it because I remember quoting it. It just, and, and maybe that's why it wasn't, it didn't hit the same way to me, or maybe it was because I, I look at it through a different lens. Um, I went into this thinking, man, I'm going to rate this thing like an 8.5. Cause I love this movie. And it's just, I just rate on enjoyable enjoyability. And, uh, you know, it's, that's what I thought. But, um, I actually just settled on a, a seven, a flat seven for me for this movie. Um, I, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, like Dustin said, it's not a great movie. And to me, after the first 20 or 30 minutes, it kind of, it, it kind of drags a, a little bit. So, uh, uh, seven for me. Yeah, Brian, you kind of said I just I didn't want to go first tonight because I didn't know because this was kind of a different movie to rate because this is a comedy kind of and all that. Yeah, but I honestly didn't pick a favorite and least favorite, but I will pick one now. My favorite kill, I'll go with the same one. Dustin chose the bus kill. That was, you know, it was well timed. It was it was well timed. I liked it. And my least favorite, I just went with the professor because it was off screen. You don't see him no more. And shout out to Tim Curry. Uh. I rated the movie a flat six. Is, is that not bad? Is that all right, Dustin? Yeah, that brother, that's fine. You don't ever have just. I, I know me and you. Have been, I know me and you have been like dueling each other on movies, but I, I wrote. I kind of wrote kind of similar stuff. What Brian said. I wrote before this rewatch. I would have probably rated a little higher. I still enjoy this movie and get you know laughs from it. It's one of my top two favorites in the scary movie franchise. I actually like three a lot too. Uh, I wrote some of the comedy or skits just feel so forced to me and kind of cringeworthy. That's, you know, 19 years later. Back then, they would have probably hit way better. Uh, I wrote the second half of the film kind of loses me and drags a little bit. But the vitamin C shut the fuck up part always makes me laugh. Uh, The Exorcist spoof is a great opener. And I wrote, I got to give all the credit to Chris Elliott, the actor who plays Hanson. Uh, That character makes this movie, in my opinion, and Dwight, I think their exchange is the probably my favorite part of the movie. I wrote overall, it's a it's a good horror comedy. I, I mean, I like the movie; it gives me good laughs. Uh, yeah. And so, it, oh, go ahead, oh, no. oh uh, so I have the same kills as you, Nico. I think my favorite is the bus. My least favorite is the professor because again, you don't really see it, so I don't really have any other thoughts on on kills there. But uh, my so. 
again, I said at the top, enjoy this movie. Uh, I think it's one of the better horror comedies out there. Uh, it's my favorite in the scary movie franchise, although I I, I, I kind of want to rewatch one again. I think one, the first one makes me so mad because I'm such a scream stan. I feel like it pokes a little too much fun at that franchise that I hold so dearly. So maybe that's why I don't like it as much. But I uh, I do think this is my favorite one. It's got some really great comedy. The difference between this one and the first one is this one doesn't have quite... Even that first one has some actual scares in it. When I remember, like there's a couple scenes in it that actually use the horror movie uh, tropes to actually get a little bit of a scare in there. But this kind of goes away from that, at least for me, minus the big black dick scene. So all that being said, uh, I gave it... I get this movie a 6.5. I think it's, I like Nico. I think if we had just rated this without a rewatch, I probably would have given it higher. And it's still funny. I still enjoy it. I can pop it in any time and get good laughs out of it. I'm not mad that it's on my TV, but I do think it's, it, it felt a little long in the tooth this time. It felt a little too dated, maybe, or I don't know how else to explain it, but I still really enjoy it. Still think it's a really, really fun watch, especially the first 30 and 40. Uh, minutes. So I think it's really well done, but uh, 6.5 for me. All right. So yeah, that gives us the movie, a composite rating from us as a 6.75. Hey, that's a favorable rating. That is. I, I mean, that's so too. <laughs> All right. Zero is a horror movie though. <laughs> uh, y'all got any more final thoughts on scary movie two before Brian announces his pick next week? No, sir. All right, Brian, go ahead and announce your pick brother. Uh, my next pick is kind of a long, a long time coming. We haven't done anything from this franchise. Um, it's arguably, well, not arguably. I mean, it's on. If you had a list of some of the best sequels ever made um, to an original movie, um, you know, that's this one's on the list. It's the uh, uh, 1986 Aliens, the sequel to uh, Alien. Um, it's I mean, should it won two Oscars? It's it's you know, I mean, it does it stand up over the test of time. I guess we're going to talk about it and see. But uh, it's definitely uh, a movie that has been asked for many times on uh, on our social media pages. And uh, shout out to Carrie Hinn, who plays Newt in the movie. She uh, she did an intro for us and uh, I'm ready to get into it. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it, brother. <laughs> yep. Alrighty, uh, it was a fun, uh, fun review. And before we get out of here, I just want to ask all of our listeners: if you have an iPhone, iPad, whatever, use your strong hand and give us a five star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate ah, it. Very nice. And, uh, <laughs> and we will see y'all next week. Y'all have a good night. And before we get out of here, I got one more final groundbreaking news I want to announce, and I'm sure my co-host will appreciate this and rip me for it. But I have never seen "Dude, Where's My Car." Y'all have a good night. Orangutan. Oh my god. Just want to remind everybody. Oh.